Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you, Alan Steinfeld with us. He's an explorer of consciousness, and uh, for more than 30 years, he has hosted and produced a weekly television series called New Realities in the city of New York. Additionally, 68,000 subscribers to his YouTube channel of the same name. There have been more than 20 million viewers who have seen his programs, and these include interviews with luminaries in the field of health, spirituality, UFOs, such as Deepak Chopra, Marianne Williamson, Ram Das, and just about every major UFO researcher in the field. He informs millions about human potential, remote viewing, the nature of alien contact, and has had years he has emceed the largest UFO UFO event in the country called Contact in the Desert, which I go to annually. Alan, welcome back to the program. Thank you, George, and thank you for all that you're doing for making contact. And actually, George wrote the forward to the book, which is really um, a big plus for your fans and for the whole field that you've opened up. So I appreciate everything you've done. Alan, very honored to be able to do that. It's, it's a great book, and we're going to dive into it in a big way. Are you going to be at Contact in the Desert in June? It's going to be Zoom this year. I'm going to be on there. I'm going to be interviewing some of the speakers. I'm going to be hosting some panels, and uh, too bad we can't hang out in person, but um, it'll be back. It will be back. It'll, it'll happen. I miss these days, though, don't you? Oh, yeah. You know, make, uh, Contact in the Desert is probably the funnest event. There's a feeling of love and companionship and mutuality. There's a real coming together of, of the UFO community and exchange of ideas, and I, I really do miss it. It's, it's my favorite event. So, so the, by the way, your book is great. Uh, there are thousands of UFO books out there. You tell us what makes yours a little different. Well, you know, everyone has their own idea about what's going on. And, and the truth is, and we'll get into what the government knows or doesn't know, I think we need a, 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 a kind of a collection of opinions. I mean, you do this every night, but to put people like Nick Pope, Linda Moulton Howe, Whitley Strieber, um, an essay by John Mack in there, an unpublished essay, and put them all in a sequence where they go from the external, the exoteric, like with Nick Pope understanding why governments aren't telling us what's going on, to the internal conscious awareness of the situation, I've created a narrative of 11 different essays that go from the external to the internal. So I think that's different because I leave it up to the reader to form their own opinion. So I present them with all these possibilities, and like you know, because you've been doing this every night, no one has the whole truth. But what if we brought all these people together and they each had a piece of the elephant? And we put that together to see what this phenomena is really about. I think the reader starts to get a better understanding of the complexity, intricacies, and um, in a way, unfathomability of the UFO phenomena. Absolutely. I, I look at it as a big puzzle, and all these players have a piece. You can't see the picture until everybody gets together and puts the pieces down. That's right. That's exactly right. And you know what? The government, whatever's going to come out in June, the 180-day report, they're hedging their bets because they don't understand it. They don't know what to make of it. And, and, and that's what's been the confusion. That's what's been the uh, wall of denial since 1947. How do you understand a phenomenon that doesn't make sense 
in the ordinary reality, and we can talk about which reality this really exists in. Yeah, absolutely. Alan, how did you get involved in this, this entire field? Well, in my in the book, there's an essay by me, so there's, you know, well, we start from Nick, and we go to John Cameron, and go, I go from the researchers and investigators to the abductees and the experiencers. So um, I've fallen to the abductee category, but before I was even had that experience in 1987, I was obsessed with science fiction. I read Star Trek, I read A Wrinkle in Time, and I knew there was other levels of existence, other possibilities than just uh, the mundane nine to five general world people lived in. I always felt a little different than others, and I sought out different forms of, uh, of entertainment. I read a lot of science fiction. I read so much that my sixth grade teacher said, you can't read any more science fiction, <laughs> which, which was traumatic for me because that was a world that was opening me up to new ideas. So I went into psychology, and then I wanted to be an astronaut, probably like a lot of people in the 60s. But I um, went on a cross-country trip with this girlfriend, and in one night in 1987, we felt as if we were in suspended animation through that night. We were frozen. felt like frozen in time and space. And I woke up with a mark on the back of my leg, a little four-pronged puncture mark. And I, I didn't think that much of it. I said, oh, that must, must be a spider bite or something. But, you know, it was on the back of my knee. It was strange, and you don't really look at that. So um, I started, I was doing videos for somebody, and I did a video, a dance video of her abductions. I said, what do you think of this mark? And she said, oh, that's an abduction mark. And then I just sort of panicked for a second. It, I, it was a, a bit of this belief, I, even though I was open to the idea when it actually happened to me or felt like it happened to me, I I just kind of felt uh, disconnected. I, I felt a little traumatized, I said, really? And, and then I got to meet Bud Hopkins and some of the greats uh, in the field, and I, I went to some of the intruder meetings, and I was convinced that, yes, this was an abduction mark, and I became obsessed with the subject. As, and, and you know I've been to every single oh my God, yeah. conference. So I, I, I wanted to know everything I could about this reality, about what happened to me and thousands, hundreds of thousands of others. And you know what? I have not found a completely satisfactory answer. There is a mystery going on that's outside of our ability to cognize reality. And that's what the book's about, putting together the pieces so I can understand what happened to me and hundreds of thousands of other people, because no one has the answers. Until I realized that you were part of many of the events I went to, I would see you at all these events. And I used to talk to Tom and say, who is, the, who is this guy? This guy just loves UFOs. He's at every event. And then I started putting two and two together that in some cases you were part of the panel. Now, now you're at most events as a participant, aren't you? I am. You know, I could not stay away from these conferences. I needed this information, whatever anybody was saying, no matter how far out or, or practical in a way, I, I needed to fill in the gaps in my reality so I could know 
that this is real. And then it took actually creating this book with 11 different writers to kind of ground my experience and say, yes, something happened to me. And I'm still not finished searching. I still want to understand who these beings are, how they think, and really what they are doing here with human civilization. I don't think we know that yet, but I have a couple of guesses that we'll talk about. Since you've been doing this, have you checked into this bizarre COVID-19 bill where the government is supposed to, within 180 days, come forward with some kind of report on UFOs? It's the strangest thing I've ever seen, Alan. It, it, it's so strange, and uh, I don't think, first of all, they're going to come out with anything new. And another reason for that is that they don't know. They've been hedging their bets since 1947 with Roswell, where he said, yeah. yes, there was a source. Of, and, and, and so they are slowly revealing their ignorance, right? So they changed the um, tagline or the expression from UFO to UAP. Now, was that just a rebranding exercise because they didn't like UFOs? Or were they trying to tell us something bigger, like this is not an object, this is a phenomena? And and when we say phenomena, it somehow affects a wider field. It affects us personally. So are you thinking we are probably going to be disappointed if and when they come out with this 180-day report? I think there'll be a couple of new revelations like the videos that we've been seeing. But, you know, you listen to Luis Alessandro and he says, well, there are 13 different intelligence organizations and they all have to get together and give their reports. And so I think we are going to be disappointed. I don't think we're going to get the truth until it becomes a citizen's movement. Mm -hmm. And that's what's so great about your program, George. You're putting together a community, a worldwide community, where we can all stand up and say, we want the truth. And my book was just released on May 4th, and we're calling May the 4th be with you. And, we're, and me and a bunch of people out in Sedona, where I was, are calling Making Contact Day May 4th. And this is going to be, hopefully, a national or international holiday. And that's how this gains momentum, bringing it to the people. Well, it's a great book. It's a compilation of special stories that you had some incredible people. I'm going to buzz through their names again. You had uh, Nick Pope, Grant Cameron, Dr. J.J. Hurtak and Desiree Hurtak, Linda Moulton Howe, Dr. John Mack, before he passed on, Whitley Strieber, Alan Steinfeld, you, Henrietta Weeks, Daryl Anka. Is he related to Paul Anka, the singer, by the way? He actually is a cousin of Paul Anka. How cool. Your program? Yeah, I think he was a long time ago. He talks about his 38-year relationship with the extraterrestrial Bashar, which is a fascinating chapter. Mary Mary Rodwell and then uh, Caroline Corey. And you put together this compilation of people. Were they all excited about it, of course? Well, they were excited because this is a chance for them to encapsulate what they know within, you know, 10 or 11 pages. And um, like I said, it goes from Nick, who's probably, he calls himself the villain in the book because he has the party line of the government and the reasons they're not revealing the UFO secrets because he worked for the Ministry of Defense. But he's a believer. That's important. He, He is a believer, and he talks about the hope that is possible 
when these things come forward. So he's a believer, and he's pushing for truth, except he's sworn to secrecy. So I say, Nick, tell us what you can't tell us. Um, and then in the second chapter, Grant Cameron says in the theory of WOW, if you've seen a UFO, it is not by accident. There is a link between your consciousness and these craft, and you are part of the whole phenomena. So anyone who's seen a UFO in your audience, this is not a, a chance uh, sighting. You are involved. And this, according to Grant, is the biggest biggest event to occur to human civilization. I really think it is. This is, uh, and we're getting so close, George, to something. It crafty. feels like it. It feels like it. It feels like we're getting close to something. Exactly. It, we may not get the truth in June, but what we are getting is the feeling that a new day is dawning on planet Earth. This is something humanity has waited for, this awakening of the greater mind, that we are connected to the bigger picture, to the cosmos. So I'm out here in Arizona. Every night I go out and look at the stars, and I know I am part of all that, that we all are. Isn't that what fascinated you when you were young and growing up and being part of NICAP as a, as a teen? I loved it. Loved it. What's going on? It, it's a mystery, and it's easy to say there's a secret space program and all that. I'm not putting that down. But what is the mystery of these visitors, and what is the mystery of human beings ourselves. That's really what the book goes into, how ETs somehow make us more human. And that's, that's the real story here. What is it that we, that we are that needs to be expanded in the face of these other beings? How does our consciousness really seem to be non-local? And there's a whole quantum physics understanding to the phenomena that if you read through the ATIP papers, it says the phenomena is now quantum physics. And we can talk about what that means, you know, if, you're, if you're, that kind of catches your mind. Of course, indeed. And what do you particularly believe personally about the field of UFOs? You know, thanks for asking, because it's, it's taken me 30-something years since uh, 1987 to put together a picture. I believe these beings are not of our reality. So when you and when I've been confronted by them in dreams, my, my whole vibration has shifted. They are in this world, but not of this world. They come in and out of our time and space and they vibrate at a different rate of, of, of frequency. So when you're in contact with them, you're shifted. You're shifted to an altered state of awareness because their minds operate. Their consciousness operates at a different frequency. So the idea is we have to practice lucid awareness. We have to practice how to be in these other um, states of mind, other states of consciousness, in order to meet these beings on equal ground. And, and so they are here to help uplift us, to help uh, bring us to the next level of our own consciousness, to show us what consciousness really is, because we don't know. We have this incredible instrument of the brain, and we don't know how to operate it. And yet, you know, I, I've been teaching remote viewing, and it, it seems that everyone has a natural facility to access non-local consciousness. I, I've learned this from Russell Targ. Russell Targ says, 
look for the signal, feel the signal, not the noise of the mind. And when I tell people that in these remote viewing classes, they get whatever target that I might be thinking of. So there's a quality of something else, of, of transcendence that we are a part of, that religion and politics and education and media, they don't talk about it. But yet these beings, whoever they are, whatever they are, are waking us up to this, that there's more to the, to the human um, sentience than we've been told. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.